So last time we read and watched a video on dance and how through the dance there was a way to connect with the spirit. That is the beauty of um, Indian culture during its heydays, of course. What we see today is something else, but um, in its golden period or its diamond period, so to say, there was an effort to nourish the psychic life and come in contact with the divine through every possible door. It was inbuilt into the system. So whether it was dance, music, poetry, art, stories, so many stories, they nourish the psychic. Uh, they are so beautiful. They just simply, simply breathing the air and growing through a typical Indian household was a way to nourish the psychic life. At least that was my experience right from childhood. It was very conducive to the psychic life. And so also with science, logic, grammar, everything had its origin connected with something of the divine and through it one could approach the divine. In a certain sense, it was an effort to live this great uh, truth which Sri reminds us again, all life is yoga. Everything was centered around the divine from conception to childbirth to having food to going to school to marriage to children and till death and after death. Everything was given a psychic touch or a psychic flavor. Uh, even food giving was a ceremony when one invoked the, uh, the deity who would give health and vigor to the child. Even during conception, there were several what were called as sanskaras to, for the well-being of the baby. Now, things have been lost. There is no doubt about it. And instead of keep on repeating the greatness, it's important to know why we fell. So, one reason why the fall took place was quite uh, very obvious, which we all know it has been emphasized time and again, that at some point of time, post-Buddhism, there was a sudden shrinking from life, a withdrawal from life, an extreme experiment which was launched to discover the Absolute, led to a complete neglect of the outer material life and this led to Mayavad and Mayavad subsequently to all the fall. It's well known. The second reason was that even during the peak days, this special teaching was reserved for a few. There was something called as Adhikar Bhed. Shobindu speaks about it and if we see initially in the ashram there was also the practice of Adhikar Bhed. Not anyone and everyone was not admitted. It was not like I have read you and I like it very much. I want to practice the yoga so one becomes part of the ashram. There was a very strict, um, not just a discipline but very, the, there were more rejections in Shobindu's words. There were more rejections than acceptances. But mother being mother and she knew the time has come to break the whole pattern and thanks to the second world war, thanks, and the influx of children, she broke the rules. Mother changed many rules, including many spiritual rules. And with the coming of children, because now it was an admixture which was taking place anyways, children, the parents, the teachers, and along with them those who had come for sadhana. So she created a, she took everybody together. So mother speaks about it, that in olden days there used to be a test for initiation. But now it's made readily available to you. So she broke those 
patterns and measures because after all when the divine mother is on earth then it's very difficult for her to say who is my creation ready for it and who is not in one of her early prayers she says that the whole earth is like a sick and weary child for whom one has a special affection precisely because he is sick and when i read it i started feeling and time to time i do feel when so often one feels so much of mother's love <laughs> that one wonders <laughs> that maybe we are especially sick so there is a very special love also which comes uh, it should not uh, go into our heads that we are someone special it's quite likely we are the more difficult cases so the divine is taking special care to make sure that we get healed and through us it's a whole representative humanity so this was the second reason that there was a division between an elite class usually the brahmins and the kshatriyas and the others and uh, that's why when of course that peak has gone so the beautiful things have survived but the ills later on we don't know that whether it existed earlier or not the beautiful things always the psychic life survives so this was the second reason and third reason which i feel is of course the most important of all and that is that the supramental key was missing so they had this vision and shubindra uses the word a bold and premature and a rash experiment to include everything into the life of the spirit they tried it in tantra at least the effort was made but the key was missing you can't do it without unless one has the power so not only the supramental key but someone who could embody it and include the whole life of humanity and then distribute it which is where the mother comes in the forefront she embodied the supramental force and of course she urbindo and then she distributed it depending on each one's need and the state of evolution so this is how she prepared us for this um for this perfection where all life can really become yoga so this was the main thing but still one can see the remnants of that psychic life still existing and we were seeing watching last time the beautiful story and so be- rightly said that in india this was another very beautiful thing it was evolutionary growth in spirituality itself and very rightly this lady was mentioning that when the gods came in the puranas the vedic gods were not they did not vanish they found their place it's really true that in the puranas we see all these brahma vishnu mahesh coming up earlier there were the vedic gods indra varun agni they didn't vanish though we don't find their temples but they became subordinate deities and krishna's story of govardhan among many things is one of the ways to point out how this thing was kept so in the evolutionary process whatever came was taken up and uplifted of course there is a other side of it in india you cannot live without um having a psychic life in some measure you can't even navigate through the taf- traffic unless you have trust in god and very implicit trust that despite the disorder i will be safe and if something happens i still am safe and if i die i am still safe so then you can you know really navigate through the difficult traffic and despite all the gundas and everything you in the stench you have to practice equanimity so half the yoga is completed just by the very fact that we live even today and breathe so then the other half of course you know by the fact of being born here we do inherit something we may not value it but it's something very subtle 
something very uh, sensed by an inner sense or an inmost sense. So, uh, this is the background. Very often we associate art, science, music, poetry with spirituality. We saw last time the dance part. But Shurabinda says even science can be turned into a pursuit of the eternal and at the service of the eternal. Now science is regarded as something hardcore against any spiritual seeking. Shobindo himself had within him a beautiful synthesis of scientist and literature, science and literature. So I thought we will pick up maybe this and the next class, something on Shobindo is a scientist and to approach it, this lovely interview, it's a reminiscence of Shirobindo by Professor Gabriel Monod Harzan. He was a physicist, a well-known physicist. And he came, he had met Shirobindo and the mother. And he gave a talk when he came to the ashram at the behest of Amrita. And his talk has been documented. So just some, some of the things from his talk. So he was asked naturally, what did you feel when you met Shirobindo? And he comes up with something very interesting. Because for physicists, one of the big problems is what is at the base of the universe. Like Vedanta, they are in search for that reality which, which is the base. And they can't find beyond, they go to atoms, then they discover electrons. They are also moving, God particle, that is also moving, bosons, everything is moving. Is there a stable base? There one finds nothing. There is something. But what is that something? Just like the Vedantist, what is that which is stable behind this Jagatyam Jagat? So, he says, when I saw Shurabindo seated next to the mother, I had a feeling of certitude, of stability. So, first thing he felt that he has touched that which is stable, the base of all things. Mother also speaks of it, that uh, constantly everyone lived in that sense of security. Nothing. People had so much security that they felt they won't die. It just got into their system that if Shobindo is there, they won't die. Of course, it was possible that they won't die, provided they could remain in that state. But it's difficult. So, things had to be worked on. I had received often before on seeing a huge mountain. That is the impression he had. At the first glance, I had the surety that what I had so long searched for, the solution of my problems was there. I did not know why there was no logic in it. So suddenly it was like cutting through everything and he felt that he has found it. This was in 1935-36 and then he describes the mother very beautifully, very sweetly and very humanly. I was very friendly with Pavitra, obviously. I mean, apart from other things, they shared the scientist's antecedents. And in order to see him without bothering anyone, I used to go and have breakfast with him in the room he occupied above the atelier. Later it became a big office. I had the opportunity of seeing the mother there, who often needed to see Pavitra. And then he says, she had the look of a kind, gentle, affectionate grandmother. It's so sweet of him. <laughs> Look at the words he describes. How different picture we often paint in the minds of people. Kind, gentle, affectionate grandmother. 
she would come in a dressing gown with a grey hair pulled back. It was extraordinarily comforting because one felt to what extent she was human, direct and one could tell her anything, ask her anything. There was like no holds barred. One could say anything to her, ask anything to her and she would understand she had become so much close to us just like us, human. And the mother does say, my child, I am with you because I am you. I have become you. Only she could do it. That kind of love. Then the next thing which was asked, because he has read Shirobindo's works, I have also been asked what side of Shirobindo's work appealed to me most. Oh, of course, Shirobindo is infinite. There is no uh, limit and even if the whole humanity was combined together, we would not be able to cover all the aspects of Shirobindo. But this is from a physicist's eye. There are two attitudes in him which I most admire. The first is that he does not reject anything or anyone. There is a place for all opinions, even those which he does not accept in his work. He has come to find that particle of truth that exists in everything. Because without it, that opinion itself could not exist. This is such a correct reading. The only thing is that Shobindu puts everything in its place and shows it is incomplete. These are the two things that left to itself, it is incomplete. So you have to see all sides. So in itself, there is a grain of truth in everything that exists in this creation. And without that grain of truth, this would not exist. But if... This is the only thing which we stress upon, then we create an error, a fallacy, it changes into falsehood by exaggerating, by not putting it in its rightful place. One never says, one never feels a prisoner of ideas when one reads him. One never says, this is a falsehood or else that person is wrong. One says, here is an incomplete idea. So being a physicist, this is what he brought out, he saw and is so true. And then he adds, Finally I have found someone who does not demand that I reject certain things in order to carry me towards others. Someone who leaves me absolutely free to choose. Naturally, he also leaves me with the responsibility of choice. So someone was asking the other day, why does the divine allow this, allow that. Actually, this creation is very fascinating. At least with those who have turned to the divine, divine gives what we ask. Actually, he gives what we are, whatever we ask. But the problem is there is a subline. You know, like when we get something, there is a little thing written down below. This uh, transaction is subject to market risks. So, <laughs> there is a sub-caption running through. You get it, and you take the consequences. So we don't read that other part. And we learn. The beauty is, he helps us to learn. He picks us up. He makes us grow. He carries us. He holds us. So through all the process, he's there. And yet he leaves us free. But free, like someone who is ever watching over us with love, compassion, understanding. So this is the beauty of Shabindo. Then the third question he was asked is about Sri cheerful disposition. 
and he says when i learned from various disciples that he was humorous and used to smile and laugh readily i said to myself here is someone in whom i can have confidence because a philosophy that makes one sad cannot be a wise one of course existentialism is a case in point but i won't stress it too much so i picked up some of these you know very beautiful exchanges of shirbindo of course is full of um, in fact one finds so much humor in savitri that at one point i thought that you know we should just call out those passages just humor in savitri when shubindo describes the state of man man still a child in nature's mighty hands in the succession of the moment lives but he thinks that he knows everything so when you read that passage you feel uh, it's you know there is a gentle irony in it that man believes he is the peak of creation but he is such a child a toy of nature so that kind of humor but this humor of course uh, thanks to niruddha so some of the ones with him so niruddha says when i had a headache i wrote guru my head my head and this devil of a fever i am half dead now imagine who could write to a master like this and normally what would a master reply be detached you are troubled by a fever what yoga you will do nothing he writes back shirvindra replied cheer up things might have been so much worse just think if you had been a spaniard in madrid <laughs> or a german communist in a concentration camp now you see even in shubindra's humor there is a deep truth that whenever we are faced with a difficulty just think how much worse things could have been and then you know we begin to laugh that yes things could have been so much worse imagine that and then you will be quite cheerful with only a cold and headache so and then shubindra writes throw off the cold damn the fever be sprightly and bold and live forever so <laughs> this was a prescription i wish all the recipes of course i have collected some of mother's recipes for various things <laughs> sure windows they could be distributed <laughs> in the dispensary i fancy one day that we will have these little things and when people have cold here is the one and <laughs> practice this through of the cold then another time niruddha asked me about the brahmic consciousness and shobindo replies he doesn't bring out some very high philosophy you don't know brahman brahman is this that very scholarly article how shobindo replies eternal jehovah you don't even know what brahman is you will next be asking me what yoga is or what life is or what body is what mind is what sadhana is <laughs> and then he says brahman sir is the name given by indian philosophy since the beginning of time to the one reality in fact sir you are brahman and you are pretending to be nirod <laughs> when nishikanto now this one is very funny when nishikanto is translating amal's poetry into bengali it is really brahman translating brahman's brahman into brahman <laughs> can we <we> imagine <laughs> what joy when amal asks me what consciousness is it is really brahman asking brahman what brahman is <laughs> dear sir i hope you are satisfied now 
and then of course he says to be less drastic and refrain from making your head re- reel till it gives off your shoulder goes off your shoulders this is the story of maitri and uh, actually gargi and yagnavalk where gargi asks what is this based on what is that based on eventually she asks him a question what is the self based on so yagnavalk tells him tells her gargi if you ask one more question your head will reel off and be thrown off your shoulders so you know modern activists uh, and feminists activist feminists not understanding these subtle truths have uh, you know quoted this story as see in india what kind of people were there just because a woman has asked question she was told that your head will be cut off and thrown off the shoulders but actually it is that there is a limit to mental questioning beyond it the mind will actually reel off it's very difficult even to conceive that all this is the brahman so shivindu says alludes to this story i may say that realization of the self is the beginning of brahman realization the brahmic consciousness the self in all and all in the self etc so this is how shivindu so beautifully then of course um, once niroda must have expressed his wish that i want to call you father you know i see many ladies in the ashram treat you like a father so can i also treat you like a father figure and shivindu says uh, when niroda said when i see particularly the lady disciples but he refused sharply saying let the ladies father me as much as they like <laughs> the father has a jewish and hebrew order that i don't like much <laughs> so he doesn't like our father thou art in heaven who can be very nasty he is quick to punish so he says i don't like that fathering stuff later on when i asked him why i was exceptionally favored he said find out for yourself so this was the and there are of course many others which we know and uh, shubindu's humor which was liked by him very much and then he adds something very interesting uh, monod harzen i'm sure i am mispronouncing it and i stand corrected <laughs> by anyone <laughs> i had the good fortune of meeting four or five persons who had really practiced yoga throughout their lives who had totally consecrated themselves to it they were all happy good humored so one sign that we are really progressing on the path is that we can remain good humored and happy <laughs> sadness is a barometer that we are way off the track we don't need to ask anyone we just need to look inside for some insincerity hiding somewhere the fact that one is going on the path of yoga it makes one peaceful and happy and good humored and then he says i knew shri raman maharishi at tiruvannamalai he used to smile readily in spite of his bad health and pain i knew krishna prem ronan nixon he was very cheerful and had maintained his british humor intact i knew his guru shrimati chakravarti she was regularly equally cheerful and of course swami vekananda when we read some of his um, not only letters but conversations he would have with his disciples 
and they would ask him various questions his sense of humor was really very witty extremely witty so one thing is for sure that spirituality does develop one's sense of humor and makes one witty if not wise but i think wisdom and wittiness is very close to each other they are close cousins <laughs> so and then he says finally generally one makes the distinction between the literary literary mind and the scientific shobindu is the perfect proof of the artificial and inexact character of that distinction here is a purely literary man with the knowledge of ancient greek latin sanskrit and four modern european languages who certainly respected science but never practiced it this is incorrect because he had not by then read the records of shobindu's diary if you read the records you will see the meticulousness and that's what i intend to read a portion of it next week uh, after much hesitation i feel we should read it because it's published now and available and only that portion which is very instructive that how shurbindo is a scientist has practiced the yoga thoroughly meticulously including the date and time when something would happen and then he would verify how much of it came true and how much of it did not come true what was mixed in it what was the cause of the obstruction and the problem and so on and so forth yet he had the scientific spirit and how exact he was precise in science there is precision we can't just say approximately or maybe could be and i think this is a temper we all need at one level because we have this tendency for not only inexactitude but imprecision exaggeration and when it comes to humor even before it has traveled from our left ear to the right it has already undergone a change <laughs> and and of course we know how people when they speak one of the first things that people have to be cautioned when they come here is beware of the human samples you know of hearing things during the war shirbindo would have the english communique read out to him every day i know this because when i would go for breakfast with pavitra it was the time for military news the receiving room was at pavitra's who was then in charge of conveying the news to shirbindo very often people would wonder why would shirbindo need need the news for various reasons one shirbindo always wanted to reconfirm whatever he has seen second he would see how far on ground what he has seen has manifested he may have seen the truth and yet it has not manifested third how much of propaganda is going on people ask used to ask the mother mother why do we need to tell you you know everything so he says no when you tell me you become aware of yourself i know it of course but i also want to see how much you are aware of yourself and it helps me to see to make you conscious so when we pray to mother when we ask her things and i have noticed it several times when before going i have thought that i'll ask something for clearing something and while i am asking i suddenly stop and halt and i'm sure this is a common experience i can't go further because i see no what i was thinking is not right so you know i hesitate then you have to speak the truth you can't you know and then you see how stupid there was a cover which was not letting the truth come out and then you speak the truth and it's all clear 
so it's a experience that you know every one of us has and that's why it's so important to speak even when we need something it's not enough that you know we just say mother knows everything so it's fine so one day purani went to shirbindo in the afternoon and referring to military matter said it's terrible to think that yesterday again the german submarines sank 65000 tons of elite shipping shirbindo said no 67500 he did not want any approximations he knew it of course through the news or inwardly and he would say even when people sometimes it's there in shubindo's evening talks later on during the war and shubindo would say something and the news would not con- confirm it and when the disciple would ask that but you know it's not confirmed shubindo would say it is the propaganda machinery of hitler and later on it would be confirmed so all the time there was this constant now for my second example while i was writing my book i related how shirbindo began publishing the karmyogin at calcutta so even when a word was misspelled a french word how shirbindo would correct it so he was so particular and thorough and that's why when his things were going for printing he would say not a comma is to be changed so thorough and perfect perfectionist and that's why we see savitri took 12 times any other lesser poet would have said well i have given the essential truths what is there to bother about comma and full stop and some semicolon here and there but shubindo was particular that everything should be perfect perfection another thing that i was able to confirm with him and i have seen the same in the mother is that neither he nor the mother is indulgent this where we you know fail to understand they understand all the feelings of the disciples but are not weak in dealing with them so when we understand we become indulgent it's okay it's human they knew it's human they knew people fail and fall yet they were not encouraging it it's okay they were always stretching a hand to lift out put the truth give the knowledge when there is a mistake they see it and speak of it but they speak of it with a smile and when it is not a serious matter they add if you insist try you will see you will have the experience so this is what their method is of course the problem is when we read the letters we don't see that smile so we paint all kinds of pictures shubindo is very serious grim earnest and here is what shubindo would say about himself when he was said your grandeur your himalayan austerity frightens us to which came the vibrant reply shubindo replies oh rubbish i am austere and grand grim and stern every blasted thing i never was austere and grand grim and stern every blasted thing i never was i groan 
in an un-Aurobindonian despair when I hear such things. What has happened to the common sense of all you people? In order to reach the overmind, it is not at all necessary to take leave of this simple but useful quality. Common sense, by the way, is not logic, which is the least common sense-like thing in the world. Is something so true. Logically, you can prove the most absurd things depending on playing with the premises. It is simply looking at things as they are without inflation or deflation. Not imagining wild imaginations or for that matter despairing. I know not why despairs. So, Shirobindu was precise and exact and then finally he ends up before arriving at any conclusions, I must speak to you about a final, rather delicate question. So people have asked that why Shurabindu has not spoken about his own sadhana. <clears throat> Since everybody would like some information on the subject, whatever he has spoken is actually very little. Even the records of yoga do not cover everything and it's only for a small period. A whole diary with his records is vanished. It's there in the editor's notes in records of yoga where Sri refers to another diary that it has vanished, it's disappeared. Whatever is there in poetry and Savitri, very indirect. So, when he asked this to Pavitra, that why Sri was reticent about his own sadhana, Pavitra answered, the reason is extremely simple. Shurabindo used to say, I don't eat this or I don't eat that. I use this type of soap or that toothbrush. I meditate at such and such an hour. Everybody will do the same thing. And that is precisely what Shurabindo does not want. Because it is not by copying him that we can become him. It is up to the disciple to choose his hours for meditation, but even the smallest necessities of life, it is up to him to acquire the proper attitude. So this Pavitra Das answer and this is quite right. And of course people have tried to make, you know, a copy of Shirbindo, just as there was a story in Bhagavat of coffee of copy of Sri Krishna. There was a false Vasudeva who even had four arms and had chakra and gada and everything and Krishna had to come and chop off his arms and take away all his kingdom to make him realize. So when we try to imitate, not only we don't achieve anything, but the divine has to do things to put us back on ground floor and that can be very, very painful. So wearing a dhoti, keeping long hairs, long beard, Parting the center thing, looking like Shurabindu, <laughs> shutting oneself in a room, even that people have tried. That you know, and when people would ask Shurabindu that I have decided now onwards that I will not interact with anyone, I will remain in my room. And Shurabindu would say that is more likely to throw you off your balance. So, you know, and if we copy, we have to do everything. That means walk eight hours a day inside a room, which is. <laughs> the most difficult or keep meditating with eyes open. So this is what his reminiscences are. There is a letter which he mentions 
in his reminiscences, in his, uh, yes, Monodharzan. And I thought we will read something of that letter. This is a letter which uh, Shubindo writes to Dilip Kumar Roy. And it shows how scientifically he approached things. So when Shubindo spoke about yoga force and things curing, he was not just, uh, he had experimented day in and day out on all these things, all the conditions. The invisible force producing tangible results, both inward and outward, is the whole meaning of the yogic consciousness. The results of the yogic force are not just subjective peace, joy, visions, no. Even outward circumstances, outward things, including physical illnesses, can be cured by the yoga force. Your question about yoga bringing merely a feeling of power without any result was really very strange. This is of course Dilip Kumar Roy's letter. Who would be satisfied with such a meaningless hallucination and call it power? Shraminda very well knew what he is doing. If we had not had thousands of experiences showing that the power within could alter the mind, develop its powers, add new ones, <clears throat> bring in new ranges of knowledge, master the vital movements, change the character, influence men and things, control the conditions and functionings of the body, work as a concrete dynamic force on other forces, modify events, etc., etc., we would not speak of it as we do. And all these things Shobindo had tried. And he is using the word thousands. And there are places where he says, when disciple asked, <coughs> why doesn't the result is always definitive? Imagine people were asking Shobindo all kinds of things. And Shobindo would reply. He would not say, you have no faith in me. He said, there are two things. One is that I do not, unless it is really necessary, use the supramental force. Because it brings devastating results. Once or twice, whenever he tried to use it, because the earth is not ready, it creates devastating results. So even in the war, Shobindo used primarily the overmind force, which plays with possibility. It's not imperative. It's not that it has to be like this. Only the supramental force can do that. Overmind will play with the possibilities and eventually overpower them. Second, he says there are conditions and they need to be respected. At one place, he says very humorously, that if you know the conditions, you can actually grow young even in old age. But there has to be a process. If a process is found, it's possible to change a monkey into an ass. Because the disciple asked the question, you know, that uh, everything is possible. Can a monkey be changed into an ass? He said, yes, if we know the process. And then he actually gives the clue. He says, tomorrow if science discovers the way to make these atoms, uh, you know, go back to the original state and change into the atoms of the ass from the atoms of a monkey. Today we speak about it in teleportation etc. And there was a famous movie called Fly based on this. And uh, it's possible. But we need to know the process. If we don't know the process, it won't be. It's not like a magic. <clears throat> Moreover, it is not only in its results but in its movements that the force is tangible and concrete. When I speak of feeling force or power, I do not mean simply having a vague sense of it, but feeling it concretely and consequently being able to direct it, manipulate it, watch its movement. 
it is not unless it is supramental force a power that acts without conditions and limits so now we know the force that is acting it is not going to respect the conditions and the limits it will break the measures break the limits overrun everything and shobindo was asked this that <clears throat> at one place he says he was asked that you have given uh, you have said that you have given freedom to all of us but the super mind will act otherwise do you mean that super mind will not respect the freedom of the individual shobindo confirmed yes i mean precisely that it's a force that is imperative it will overrun things even things which are contrary it will use it will use to put it otherwise even our freedom to change us by whatever fastest possible means that are available so <clears throat> it is the imperative thing the conditions and limits under which yoga or sadhana has to be worked out are not arbitrary or capricious it's not like god said let there be light and there is light there is the switch and the bulb and the wiring all this is part of the process they arise from the nature of things these including the will receptivity assent self opening and surrender of the sadhak have to be respected by the yoga force unless it receives a sanction from the supreme to override everything so there are instances like you know cases people like arjuna where it overrides everything for a certain work but otherwise our openness receptivity surrender aspiration trust all this is important if we keep on saying oh i have prayed next day fever has gone up oh my god something is wrong maybe god has heard not heard what is happening then it doesn't work because there is no receptivity no openness no trust and even the prayer is a very half hearted one so it respects the yoga force respects it <clears throat> but that sanction is sparingly given it is only if the supramental power came fully down not merely sent its influences through the over mind that things could be very radically altered in this respect and that is why my main effort is directed towards that object for then the sanction would not be rare so right now it is only special people who get a sanction right now things are changing because the supramental force is active but it will be more often that the sanction of the supreme can be given and conditions can be overridden more often but it requires at least this much from our side that yes it's possible still the yoga force is always tangible and concrete in the way i have described and has tangible results but it is invisible not like a blow given or the rush of a motor car knocking somebody down which the physical senses can at once perceive how is the mere physical mind to know that it is there and working by its results but how can it know that the result was that of the yogic force and not of something else classical case was dilip kumar and here it's so common one has seen it that when something in the being is resisting and yet another part is open and her force comes her grace comes how it can change into a severe palpitation or a headache and shubhendra has spoken about it giddiness simply because one is open and receptive in one part 
but the other part is resisting and then one has to discover the resistance and remove it otherwise it changes and dilip kumar rao had the same experience when mother said at precisely this time i'll send the force you feel it so he sat down in meditation and very soon he started having palpitations sweating etc and he got frightened and then he stopped meditating and wrote to the mother mother what what happened i don't know what you sent this was my reaction he said yes i came there at that time and tried to put the force in you but you were so closed so much resisting that your body started getting these reactions so how are we to know unless we have ourselves allowed ourselves i mean to be experimented upon one of two things it must be either it must allow the consciousness to go inside to become aware of inner things to believe in the experience of the invisible and the supraphysical and then by experience by the opening of new capacities it becomes conscious of these forces and can see follow and use their workings just as the scientist uses the unseen forces of nature so this is where it's a pure it's this is a whole side of shivinanda's yoga which is science he was asked that does a practitioner of this yoga have to know about the play of forces shivinanda says in this yoga it is a must it may not be necessary in traditional yogas where the goal is self realization but in this yoga because it is working through the world play one has to know the play of forces in the world or one must have faith and watch and open oneself and then it will begin to see things happen so these are the two ways either we learn all the process the wiring electricity enroll ourselves into a school and know that why when we switch on there is light or simply we trust that someone who made it knew his stuff and knows his job so these are the two approaches open to us so we'll stop here today and <clears throat> continue next week